0: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson.
1: Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 146. What's going on? I am Matt
2: O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing? Uh, sore. I've been doing a lot of working out recently, and by a lot, I mean consistently. I've done it for 10 days in a row, which is a big deal for me. I don't usually do stick to things that much. And I'm trying to alternate, do a leg day, do a core day, and do an arm, like, upper body day. My upper body was just yesterday, and my god, I'm dying. (laughs) Everything hurts. Nothing is good. It's awful. Oh man! I, I but I'll keep it up. I'm gonna try to keep it up as much as I can. I'm 36 years old. It's time to get into some relative shape because uh the the age and the metabolism is catching up, and uh, I could f- I could see it the, the the fat growing on me, and I I don't want it. Well, you're being proactive about it, which is a good thing. Yeah. Although then again, I just stuff my face with my what I call my Reese's Pieces cereal. It's not actually Reese's Pieces, but it's like this peanut butter granola cereal and then i chuck in a bunch of, <laughs> of uh, what is it oh my god i can only think of the french term <laughs> just it's chocolate chips there it is oh okay i don't know why i couldn't the uh, brisure de chocolat where i toss in like a chunk of chocolate chips in there and then so like i just i've just huffed that down before coming on the air so you know doing some things and doing some other things not so well that's quite all i right. right
1: I'm, I'm here for it
2: <laughs> what are you doing buddy
1: um, I told you before we hopped on the air, uh, interesting scenario at the O'Leary household just no less than 10 minutes ago. Uh, dog almost got into it with a raccoon in the backyard, which uh, caused for a little bit of hysteria before uh, coming up to do the podcast.
2: So did she go after the raccoon? Like, was she trying to scare it away or was she was just trying to play with it? I am not quite sure. Um, I, there was
1: definitely growling involved so i would say probably more on the defensive side i don't think they we checked her out she didn't have any like scratches or anything on her but i i think they kind of just spooked each other a little bit
2: yeah my dog used to just runs towards him looking to play and they're like i want none of this what the hell would i do with you and so they just run away and he's all like bummed out (laughs) uh poor marsh except he does that with skunks and then he gets sprayed in the face so you know (laughs) Not the best strategy here, bud. Oh, no. It evens out a little bit, I guess. (laughs) Just a bit. Except when you have to give your dog a tomato bath and it
1: doesn't work. (laughs) Oh, no. So we're going to save the addition for uh, the quiz, I'm assuming, correct?
2: Yes, it's uh, episode 146. Only one player, as far as I could tell, has played 46 games for the New York Islanders. So just by that alone, maybe some of you out there will already know the answer. And if so, hold it on or hold on to it. Don't tell Matt. Don't text him. Don't tweet him saying, I know the answer. Although you wouldn't know it because this isn't live. So, (laughs) ha! Fooled you.
1: All right, so (laughs) let's get into it, Mitch. The big Islander news from this past week is some uh, entry-level signings. Blaine Jenkins.
2: Was it Sorokin?
1: Uh, I'm sorry to do it to you, buddy. No, it wasn't Sorokin. I know. Sad. But Blade Jenkins, Cole Koski, and Felix Bibo all signed an ELC. Yeah,
2: that's that's great. Um, little addendum to that Koski and Bibo were signed AHL deals and not NHL contracts. There you
1: go. So I think what we kind of wanted to do was just talk about each one a little bit, each player, um, what they've done, the position they play, what their role is going to be and stuff like that. So uh
2: want to start with uh, Blade Jenkins. Yeah, so they had to sign him or else lose him, right? Like they could have not signed him, but then you lose him for nothing. He could either re-enter the draft. Uh, and I say either because it depends on how they're going to structure the draft vis-a-vis the collective bargaining agree- agreement. Because right. as it goes, if you hit 20 years old, before the draft, I believe, uh, then you can enter. You you can become a free agent, but if you're not 20, then you would go into uh, what you would call. You would go back into the draft, and the Islanders could just like take him in a fifth round or something like that. Um, but we don't know what they're going to do there, so let's just assume that. Either way, they avoided all of that by signing him to a three year ELC that starts next season.
1: Right there, you go, and he plays for the Saginaw Spirit. He's a center. He had 40 points in 47 games um, this past year. In 2018, 19, he had 59 and 67. So, um, you know, he's a center who can score a little bit.
2: Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, consistently, like he would on pace for a 57 point season if he played the 67 games, right? Uh, which is up, you know, from last year. But the Saginaw Spirit had some have some pretty good players. Uh, Bodie Wild is there. Kolkowski is a big player. I think he was the second on the team in scoring last year with 80 points, Cole Kosky. And I forget his first name, Cole. Oh, my God. You just said Cole it. Perfete. It sounds funny oh, because there's two Coles on the team. Okay. Cole koski was second in scoring with 80 points. And then you have Cole Perfetti with 111 points. Wow. So, <laughs> so you know, there's some guys putting up points on, on that team. Uh Perfetti is lo- looking to be like a first round pick this year. Uh Anyways, uh, all that to be said, Jenkins is a good player, is a good AHL, or sorry, OHL player. We'll see what happens to him. Uh, the Islanders were in the same situation with Arnaud Zerando last year. If you remember, like they needed to sign him. They did. They brought him to the AHL. He looked okay, but they sent him down to the ECHL to get, I guess, more playing time, I suppose. So that, that might happen with Jenkins as well cuz as we'll go through this, the the, the the pool in in Bridgeport is getting stocked and it's getting stocked pretty heavily here.
1: Yeah, that was my next question for you is where do you think he plays next year? Do you think he has a shot in Bridgeport? or
2: I'm sure he has a shot, but there are a lot of players lining up for Bridgeport, and I imagine they're probably going to be making at least one or two veteran signings. Uh, I, I'm not sure what their entire depth chart looks like for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, but I would imagine they're going to want a few more to kind of like bolster, because they got a lot of youngins, right? Holmstrom, yep. Wallstrom, Bellows. Kovula, blah blah, all those guys, and now they're adding more with with Jenkins, Koski, and Bibou. So I, I think they'll make some de- some depth moves. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the ECHL to get some playing time.
1: Yeah, I could probably see that, and he's still relatively young. Like he hasn't turned twenty yet; he'll turn twenty in August. So, um, you know, as a fifth rounder, unfortunately, he's probably not going to get priority. But um, you know, it's just another depth body in here, and who knows what we have in, you know, Blade Jenkins. But he is signed and part of the system now.
2: He's in. Let's see what he's got. We'll see what happens next year, probably with the AHL.
1: Yeah, the next guy I wanted to talk about was uh, Kolkowski because, as you mentioned, he put up some really big numbers in the OHL. Granted, he's an older player in that league. He's 21, so take it with a grain of salt. He had 80 points, like you said, 34 goals, 46 assists, but. In back-to-back years, he has over 30 goals, which is, uh, I guess, a good thing.
2: Yeah, he's he's not a huge kid either, 6'1", 205. Uh, he's not necessarily even the smoothest skater around, but he's he's fine. Uh, I don't imagine he'll ever crack the NHL. I, I just I, I don't see it, but it's but it's possible, right? Like anything huh. can happen. Uh, he signs an AHL deal, so he'll be at the very least not uh, in the AHL. Uh, he's not going to hit the NHL unless, for some reason, he signs an NHL deal. But I would imagine they'll they'll see him through for that one year and then figure out what to do next. And then next with him, but it's yeah. a shot. Like he put up good numbers, like you said, two years at thirty goals. That's, that's nothing to scoff at,
1: right? And you know that's the thing. That's all about what you know the the draft and you know building your system's all about. Maybe, maybe he sticks in the ECHL, maybe he plays in the AHL. But you're kind of just seeing what you have with the guy and where you're gonna go next.
2: Yeah, and they didn't need to do anything with him right like they they drafted him in 2019 in the 7th round. They still had some time to figure it out. Well, not I guess not really cuz he was coming to the end of his time in juniors, so it, it just makes sense for him.
1: Yeah, I just think that one kind of made sense especially coming off the big year that he had, too. Yeah. Uh he's a right winger, by the way. That's true. Uh, and then you have Felix Bebo, who was, who's also 21. He's a left-wing six-round pick from 2019. He played in the Q and had 35 points in 32 games.
2: He had another 35 um, and 31 it, as well. Yes, I, I hate
1: how HockeyDB splits them, so I just looked at the very last one. I didn't notice that. But, yeah, so if you combine it, that's, what, 70 points in 63 games? Yeah. There you go. That's a pretty good year.
2: Which is just about what he did last year, right? And, and, and like, the year w- isn't over. Um, but, yeah, last year he put up 69 points in 63 games for the Rwanda Huskies. I'm sure you know who they are because Noah Dobson played on that team and they won the Memorial Cup. And Bibo played a big part of that. Uh, he scored 29 points in 20 playoff games that year, so puts up numbers. He yep. was then sent to Quebec uh, from the, the Huskies, and he became the captain of that team, so a recurring theme for the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, became a captain, and then when Quebec was awful, they sent him to the Shakurumi Sagenei, who was like the top team, and maybe not the top team, but a top team in the uh, QMJHL. Uh, so he was in line to look for a second Memorial Cup in two years, uh, just like our man um, Noah Dobson, but that just didn't pan out for obvious reasons. But right. big points not a huge guy six feet 187 so he's not undersized by any stretch of the imagination he's just an older guy like you said 21 years old
1: right and he's another one who he signed the ahl deal so you don't really expect him to you know make it to the nhl or get an extended look but i got my my last thing on this is of those three guys if you had to pick one with the best shot who is it
2: Bebo okay. I think just for him, he's a more well-rounded player. Uh, he does just a little bit of everything. Like He may not have 30 goals, but he's pretty darn close, right? He has 29 this year, and it wasn't a complete year. 28 the year before that, 22. It is the QMJHL, which is a higher-scoring league, but he's got the skating. He's got the size. Uh, he's got just a little bit of everything where I, I think that translates over more. Whereas a guy like Kolkowski is a little bit bigger, a little bit, you know, it's just not. It seems more one-dimensional. Although I could be wrong. I am not the greatest scout in the world for obvious reasons because I wouldn't be here if I was. But to me, it it screams people would be the the guy that maybe pulls that out uh, or becomes something more than what we're seeing right now.
1: For me, it's Blade Jenkins. If I had to pick one, um, I just think that between the other two, he playing center might give him a little bit of an advantage uh, in the Islanders system as opposed to the wing. And when you kind of look at you know the projections on one, the team, but then down uh, in Bridgeport and stuff like that on the wing is uh, pretty stock full. So he might have a chance to rise up a little bit quicker than some of those other guys.
2: That's true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, and then, yeah, so I have, it's going to be tough. It's, we're going to have a lot of guys making, maybe not their deep a lot of guys making their debuts for the, the Sound Tigers, right? Just these three guys, potentially. Uh, and I know that Bodie Wild has technically played, uh, but it's not much. Like, this is going to be his year to establish himself in the AHL. right? Uh, so there's going to be expectations on him, whereas last year there were not. So there's that extra level of stress. Uh, plus, you know, some other guys uh, that they're probably going to bring into the roster in terms of, like, veteran free agents. Uh, That may not be, you know, as nervous as these guys, but still, that's a lot of bodies to fit in just a number in a certain number of spots. So I'm really curious to how the Islanders uh, stock Bridgeport going forward next year and if they're going to be a terrible team again.
1: Yeah, I'd be surprised if they are bad again, just because on paper, it looks like they have a lot of depth. I guess it kind of all depends on how these guys plays, obviously. But um, I I certainly like getting as many bodies in there as possible. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to see
2: yeah i i like what you say there about like well they have the talent and i think i just want to get one more thing out on that yeah, yeah. is you got a guy like Wallstrom, right like what was his um i want to say point but that's not the word i want to use here um what was his uh re- oh, god what's the word i'm looking for his like his homework what was he sent down to do it wasn't to be the top tier ultra-offensive guy that we know him to be. It was to learn how to play in a system and learn how to play a team game. And right. by all accounts, according to uh, Brent Thompson, he has done that. He's exceeded, not made I exceeded, but he's succeeded, that's what I wanted to use, in playing away from the puck and playing that two 200-foot foot game uh, and being responsible on both sides... And has learned how to play within a system. So I would imagine going forward next year, we see him let loose offensively. Like we saw it at the end of the year, right? Like the end, when he came back from the World Juniors, he started putting more and more consistent points consistently. I would imagine we see that next year. So that the team might look different or might look kind of the same. But some of these guys are going to have more responsibilities or are not going to flourish with that.
1: Absolutely. I think that's uh I think that's a great point. And uh specifically with Wallstrom who like you said his he was kind of sent down to learn how to play the game in the system and I mean if we know one thing Thompson could definitely implement a defensive minded system. So uh you know, we're going to we're going to have to see with him, but I I'm confident. I think I'm most confident in him in the Islanders pro- looking at the Islanders prospects.
2: Yeah, that, that's a fair thing to say. I, I, I'm confident that he's going to do something big, mainly because I think that Kiefer Bellows might be on the Islanders this year, so there's that.
1: Okay, there you go. Um, so
2: anything else on any of these three guys? No, just nothing huge news. It's not Sorokin, but it is signings, and when we need to talk about it. We need to familiarize ourselves with these names, uh, not because they're going to, you know, change the course of Islanders history, although they might, but... Uh, And just in case, let's get to know them a little bit.
1: Absolutely. So when we come back, what we're going to do is talk about the NHL's extension. What's going on? Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson with you. Talking New York Islanders hockey here on episode number 146. Mitch, the New York, uh, not the New York Islanders, the NHL rather due to COVID-19 extended their June 1st deadline to, uh, you know, sign-on-sign draft picks and stuff like that. And I kind of think it's important for us to talk about why that's impactful for the New York Islanders. Wink-wink, nudge-nudge, Ila
2: <laughs> Exactly, right? So yeah. they usually the deadline is June 1st, and we are now past June 1st. We are currently June 3rd. Uh, according to reports, the NHL has pushed that back, saying that we will give you the full month of June. So I guess July 1 is now the deadline because they have to decide... Uh, amongst themselves and with the NHLPA, what they're going to do with players like Elias Sorokin. And he's not the only one, right? Like there's a bunch yep. of guys that have already signed deals. They've signed open, open-ended open um, ELCs with their respective teams, like Alex Romanov from Montreal. Uh, who else? Uh, St. Louis has one guy. I forget. Uh, Perinovich, I think his last name is. Either way, there's a few of them that have signed open-ended deals because they want them to start now. They want to burn that ELC just like Sorokin. But the NHL, for some arbitrary freaking reason, has said, like, nah, it's not going to happen this year, guys. Not this year. We're not going to do it. Every team's set. We can't have it now. That wouldn't be fair. Every team is set. What kind of stupid argument is that? (laughs) We're going to do this again? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. It doesn't make any sense.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. You're right. You're right. And I'm hoping that. This month, we see them come to a conclusion on this because I'm tired of the will-they-won't-they they kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I, like, I want to know either way. Uh, obviously, I want a favorable ruling here. I, I, I can't see them not giving a favorable ruling. It, it, it just, to me, if the NHLPA has anything to say, they're going to go like, look at the CBA, buddies. There's like 500 pages here that says you got to do this. And there's zero pages saying you can do whatever the hell you want to do. So either we're, we're bargaining this, or we're figuring something out. And I, I hopefully they just let it. They let it happen. Uh, I, I don't know what the caveat is going to be. There obviously has to be some sort of negotiation here to and a give and a take. I'll, why I don't know. Why the NHL NHLPA has to give up anything on a rule that already exists. Um, but something has to give and has to give soon, right. because these guys need to make plans. Like. Sorokin could be getting a visa right now. He might as I'm sure he already has. But if he hasn't, that's some, that takes a while. Like when I applied for a Russian visa, it took a while. So I can only imagine the other way around is going to be pretty quick. Uh, isn't going to be very quick either. Right. Although then again, he is an athlete and I am not, so there's that to be factored into as well.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's worth bringing up though that it might not be you know something that happens overnight.
2: No, and so that that's a problem. Although like even with that. It's, I don't think the Islanders are going to bring him over to be like, let's play Ilya. Let's, yes, let, let's put you in the net. At, no. at the very least, he's going to be part of the taxi squad, which is valuable. It's, it's a valuable thing to have him on, uh, just to get him acclimatized to the team, to the surroundings, uh, to North America, which I'm sure he's been. Obviously, he's he's played the prospect game, um, but you know, in, in any sort of meaningful way, like longer than a couple of weeks and living out of a hotel. So.
1: yeah absolutely, and it kind- of, like you said i it kind of gets them accustomed to just being around the team in general, and that's valuable in its own way, and you know skating on the ice during practice and all that stuff, just getting used to the guys you're going to be around your coaches, I think that would make a little bit of a difference, especially when you consider that next year is likely going to have a delayed start
2: exactly right, like it might not start till December, and then we're talking about these guys not doing anything for a couple of months like that's. That's tough. That is really tough. And then with the KHL likely starting on time, although we'll see about that, um, that that could be something. Like, the- there is the-, the potential that he just goes back to Mo- to Russia and signs a year. Although, like, would he really do that? Like, I know he wants to play and all, but, like, man, are you going to give up millions of dollars now rather than like, so you can go play in Russia?
1: Like, come on, now? But the part that doesn't make any sense, so when does when does the KHL season
2: start? October, I believe so. It might, it might be September. Okay.
1: You're going to throw away a shot at the NHL for this year or for two and a half months?
2: Apparently. I, and I know it's obviously part of his... He's got to think of it. Like, as an athlete, you, you have to stay in shape. And the best way to stay in shape is to play games. So I, I get the idea. But when you look at it financially, you're going to go like, yes, I do have to take a hit in the NHL. Yes, I do. But... I'm going to have to play that year out. Or I go straight to free agency, right? But like, what are you going to get straight free agency? You're not going to get uh, Sergei Bobrovsky money. That's not going to happen. You, you might huh. get four, maybe. But like, you're not going to get that much money. if you. But if you play a year, you will. Like, if you play a year and you are as good as advertised, boom, right away. Like, you're getting $8 million, no problem.
1: Yeah, and I think that's important for, you know. So I think that's an important thing for Sorokin, and I, I know we hit on that a lot last week. But just to kind of reiterate my point, I don't think that it makes a ton of sense for him to go back for that one year and potentially miss out on, you know, the the NHL experience and working yeah. with like some of the best goalie coaches in the league with Barry Trotz, Mitch Corn, you know, all those guys, Piero Greco. That would be the, the that's the best situation if you want to become the best goalie possible.
2: Agreed, and of course, like this is all hinged on the NHL making the right call here, which again I don't understand why the hell they would do this. Kayla McCarr, Chris Kreider, I'm sure there's others that I am forgetting right now. Dennis uh, Tutsav, Gerasov, whatever the Columbus Blue Jackets Russian forward. Charlie McAvoy. Charlie McAvoy, right? Like the Long list Beach goes on own. and on. And yeah, then all of know. a sudden, now, like, nah, the Islanders need something. Screw them. <laughs> Go figure. Exactly.
1: No, but I think it was just important to talk about why that's a big deal. And obviously, the, the reason it's a big deal is because Sorokin, the, but really the Islanders and the Wild, I feel like, are the two teams who care the most about this.
2: Yeah, well, there's seven teams. So the Isles Wild, the Habs, the St. Louis Blues. God, Jesus, why can't I remember? There's two other teams that also have guys signed. I'm... I'm Fairly sure. I think there's five in total that, that, that this applies to, maybe even more that I'm not aware of, that maybe mm-hmm. factor in less, but these five guys for sure. And Perinovich isn't a Russian player. I believe he's in, uh, he's from the NCAA. So, okay. That yeah. I didn't realize. So uh,
1: what we wanted to get to next is top-line talent. It's something that everyone wants. It's something that some teams have, but not every team. The Islanders are definitely a team that could use an extra body. So we wanted to see how do teams acquire this? Is it through the draft, through free agency, all three, meaning with trades involved.
2: I know this was something you were looking at deeply. What were you able to find out? It's basically the draft. And I'm sure everyone could have said that off the hop, but you want to look at the data, maybe not mm-hmm. the data, but look at, at who's, how do I say this? You want to look at it and make sure you don't want to just spew it out. But with, uh, based off of the top three players for every team in the NHL, and by top, top three, I'm talking about production, uh, 58% of them were acquired through the draft by that team. Right? Like right. Most of these guys were acquired through the draft, uh, but that team acquired them from the draft. 33% of them were acquired through trade, and 9% of them were acquired through free agency. So you're, you're likely not getting a top-tier guy through free agent and by top tier top line guy through free agency, unless you're paying high or you get lucky.
1: Like there's, it's very rare that Artemi Panarin's and John Tavares's hit free agency.
2: Well, exactly right. Like so, here are all the guys. There are eight of them uh, in the top three for all teams uh, that are free agents or that were acquired as free agents by that team. So Gustav Nyquist for Columbus, Alex Radulov. For Dallas, uh, Eric Stahl and Zach Parise for Minnesota, okay. Matt Duchesne, Nashville, Artemi Panarin, uh, uh, Rangers, David Perron in St. Louis, and John Tavares in Toronto. That's it, that's the list. Okay, yeah, wow, there you go. So, like, you're not likely getting that. David Perron, that I wouldn't say he's a top line player, but he's a top producer for the St. Louis Blues. Duchesne, we all know about that install is a surprise like they, they got him and it was just kind of like uh wait a second here how is that supposed to work and it worked so yeah
1: no it definitely did so that was uh you know a hit for them i if i had to guess it was def it would have been the draft obviously and i think that's where you know most teams build through and it's important to build through the draft i think it kind of leads to why the islanders have struggled is because they haven't done a good job of drafting in certain aspects. Like, yes, there are hits in there. We, we can all say this. Like, Barzell was a hit, obviously. Uh, and they have found talent in the depth, even, like, later rounds in guys like Anders Lee and Kizikis. There's no denying that. But for the most part, when you have the Griffin Reinhardt of the world, Ryan and Nino Niederreiter. But, yes, they have turned into things outside of the Islanders, but for the most part, misses. in And Michael Del Cole. Those are all top five picks, who are either no longer with the team or, like, a, a replacement level player in the league. That that can't
2: you can't build success that way. No, you you really can't. And, and I'm just highlighting all the all the first round picks here because I, I pulled all for all the players that were drafted. I pulled the round and the pick that was used to draft them, and as you can imagine, most of them are first round picks. Uh, not very many of them are, are even late in the first round. Like, I'm just trying to find how many are, are past the halfway mark. And I've got four. Yeah, exactly. Five. Five. Five were past the first round. That's, sorry, past the halfway point of the first round. So most of them are in the first of the top half of the first round. Okay. Like, you're right. Like, when you miss on guys that are top five picks... That sets you back big. Like just, just think about it. like you have Tavares, Nino Nino, Nino, Nino Ryder, Griffin Reinhart, uh, like you said, uh, Dal Cole That's four guys that you add to your your core that should be even if they don't make the NHL right away. Sorry, Miss Strome. Uh, five guys that that reshape your team dramatically. The Islanders had mm-hmm. five shots at it and they hit once, right with Tavares. I guess I even I didn't even count him. That's wild. Yeah.
1: No, it it is. You have to have a better hit rate than that, and I understand that Reinhardt turned into you know Matt Barzell and Anthony Beauvillier. We 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 understand all that stuff, but at the same time, it's it only gets you trades can only get you so far, and free agency can get you so far. To me, you have to supplement your team through those two avenues, but your core should be built through the draft.
2: Yeah, and so that's now the problem for the Islanders Uh, going forward. They need a top-line player. They have Matthew Barzell, but outside of that, he's their only, like, true top-line player. Yes, you can put other guys there, like Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle, but neither of those guys, you could say, are clear top-line talents, right? Right. Maybe Anders Lee, depending on the center, but it's clear it just doesn't work with Barzell. And it's not to say that Lee's a bad player, it's just the skill sets don't seem to match. It just doesn't.
1: No, I, 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 we could talk about this till we're blue in the face. I think it would be better with... Uh... Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey.
2: Exactly. So then you need a guy, at least one, if not two. But how are you going to do that? The Islanders are in, are in a essentially win-now mode, so you're not going to get good picks. So you're, you're hoping that guys like Oliver Wallstrom pan out and pan out quick because your window is open now and it's going to be shutting soon because your core is pretty old, right? Like, if we're looking at the core as Lee, Aberlay, Sure, Barzal, uh, Josh Bailey, even then that's kind of arguable, like, that's an older core. Your core isn't getting any younger and it's, it's, it's rapidly over 30 years old, right? Like, it's, it's getting over 30 pretty quick.
1: No, it is. They they are a veteran team outside of guys like Matt Barzal, Anthony Beauvillier, Ryan Pulak, and Devontae's.
2: Right? So, like, it, they're getting older quick. So that window is opening very slowly and it's about to close just as quick. Sorry, not just as quick, but quicker.
1: But quicker, exactly. And I'm glad you brought up Oliver Wallstrom because this could all be fixed very, very soon if Oliver Wallstrom pans out like you said right now because there's a few things. One, you don't have to – well, one, we'll start here. It it fixes your top six because you have that – you find that player, a a potential scorer on the right wing. Great. It's something that the Islanders need. And it also comes cheap because he's on his ELC. And with the Islanders' cap situation when you're going to have to pay Matt Barzal, you're going to have to pay Devontae, you're going to have to pay Ryan Pulak, it's not like they could afford to go out necessarily and throw the most money at the biggest free agent this year. And there's no guarantee that the biggest free agent out there is going to be exactly what the Islanders need. But if, cross your fingers, Oliver Wallstrom comes into league and is like, hey, I'm going to be a 35-goal scorer every single year and I'm going to start doing it now at age 20, then you hit a home run. Then Lou really hit a home run, and the Islanders are now can be considered a contender.
2: Yeah. So it it sucks to put the pressure on the kid, um, but it, it's there. Him or Bellows, right? Like Bellows is the 16th overall, is he not? Yeah. So like he he still, if he can pan out, that would be great. The the question is still out there. It's undeniable that getting top tier talent is easiest or most commonly done through the draft and that makes a total sort of a lot of sense uh, you can still get it through trade but when you're doing that you still have to give something off uh, and like you'll be the Islanders don't necessarily have any of that to give away because uh, then like you said if you're bringing someone in you're bringing in that cap it with it whereas with the um, with drafting with these ELCs like Oliver's wallstrom you're at 925 thousand whereas you're bringing a guy in through trade he's in the millions. The Islanders don't have millions to play with. They really don't.
1: No, they don't. Uh, they don't, unfortunately, due to their cap situation and stuff like that. So you have to get creative. One of the ways you could do it is finding top six talent on an ELC. That's what the Islanders got the last three years out of Matt Barzal. It's been phenomenal. Other than that, I don't know. I can't think of a lot of other
2: you know, avenues for the Islanders to operate. So do you think that this management team will allow one of those players to step in and and learn on the fly. I mean, I'd have to bet
1: against it. Just based on everything we've seen, I don't see how we could see Noah Dobson getting 10 minutes a night and then they're going to be like, okay, Oliver Wallstrom and Keeper Bellows who have a combined, I don't know, what, 18 games in the league? Probably, yeah. That's just off the top of my head guess. One of you two are going to play 17 minutes a night and figure it out. <laughs> Thanks. I can't. I can't buy. I can't buy that <laughs> happening.
2: No, they, I don't buy it either. I brought it up almost facetiously because I, I knew the answer would be no. We don't. This is not going to happen. They're the most risk averse people in the world. When when it comes to rookies and taking spots in the roster, they want to grow them slowly and make sure their confidence isn't broken and that they can adapt and learn in a safe environment, not being like, all right, so we're putting you out top line 17 to 20 minutes a night. You're facing tier one defensemen do your stuff. We expect you to do something. Thanks. They're not going to do that. And if they do, it's a, it's a wild departure from everything they've done so far. So like the thing with Wallstrom and even bellows to that point, we're waiting for them to be something. But they're not going to be something for a while. Like They're not going to be given the the keys to the car for a couple of years at the earliest. Maybe Bellows gets a run this year, but he's going to be playing middle six minutes at best.
1: Yeah, I just find it really hard to believe that they would trust one of those two guys in a situation. I'm not saying that it's necessarily the worst idea. I, I don't think it is, but I just... I don't Between Barry Trotz and Lula Amarillo, like you said, who are very risk-averse, I don't see it happening.
2: No, same thing. So we're still in for a top line of Anders Lee, Matthew Barzell, and Jordan Eberle for at least another year, unless unless they can make a trade. And even then, I, I just don't see it. I think the best trade they made—sorry, by best, I mean the biggest impact trade they're going to make on the roster was Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. I, I don't see them making a more impactful trade than that. I want them no. to, but I don't see it.
1: No, I would be. I'd be very, very surprised. So, uh, anything else on uh, top line talent?
2: So, uh, when are we trading for Jack Eichel? That's happening, right? He's frustrated, so they're they're going to do that, right? Uh, he could play right wing. No, put Matthew Barzell on the right wing. Jack Eichel down the middle. Barzy on the right. He's shooting now. So there you go. You got a shooter on the right. So you got two Garys on the right-hand side, you got Jack on the middle, and then whoever else on the left that's left over. Done. Thank you, Buffalo.
1: Yeah, that that's definitely <laughs> going to happen.
2: <laughs> that's not happening. It's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. It, it would be fun to dream, though, wouldn't it, Mitch? It would
2: be. It would. would you trade Matthew Barzell for Jack Eichel straight up? A one-for-one one trade? A one-for-one. One. If it's one-for-one, one, yes. Yes. See, I, I'm not sure. I that's a super fancy push answer, but I just don't know if the woes of the Buffalo Sabers can be pinned on Jack Eichel. He's great, but is he is he the type of person that would fit into Lou Lamarillo system, or in a Lou Lamarillo world? Don't know. Obviously, I, he's I never know. done yeah. it. I just I have that that thought in my head that I don't think he could. And that could be problems. Whereas I know Matthew Barzell can because he's done it. And I just think that Barzell can be as effective, if not as good as Jack Eichel.
1: Okay. That's fair. If it was Matt Barzell plus anything, then no. I don't want no. that. But if we're just a playing old-fashioned hockey trade, then sure, I, I'd do it.
2: Right. I think I might not, but I would not be upset if I saw it happen. Like I would suck because I like Matthew Barzell. but you're like, well, at least I'm getting Jack Eichel back. So, like, eh. Yeah, it, it wouldn't hurt for that long. Yeah, exactly. So, Care to get into the quiz? Yes! It is the 146th episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast, so Matt, I'm going to give you five guesses for you to tell me who this player is who's played 46 games for the New York Islanders. Are you ready? Let's do it. Clue number one. I was born July 24th, 1991, so right in your wheelhouse, in Gothenburg, Sweden. See if you can get next. this by the third one. Okay, next. I've played for five different NHL teams in my career. Five different NHL teams in my career. One, two, one. Okay, next. Okay, so three. You're, you're right where you were last week. I was traded twice. The first time was to the Buffalo Sabers for a first-round a first pick that was originally owned by the New York Islanders. I thought that might give it away. I'm glad it isn't, because you're going to go to four. Boom. I'm sure people at home are like, it's this guy! Vanek? No. Good pick. Um, so, number four. I had my best year in the NHL with the Isles, getting a Vesna nod. I've also won the oh. Jennings, Masterson, and a Jack A. Butterfield trophy as the okay. MVP of the Calder Cup playoffs in 2011. Robin Leonard. Yes. Bidding, Ding, 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 ding. Uh, My fifth one was going to be, I have Long Island tattooed on my neck. And if you didn't get that, <laughs> uh, just 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 leave now. We love Robin Leonard. Back-to-back goalies. Thank you for this, Mitch. You're, You're
1: making my life a the little easier. The only one who's
2: played 46, as far as I could tell. Okay. You th- I didn't think he was born in 91. That's what threw me off. I, I Man, if you started these things, I would be like, next immediately from the birthday. I wouldn't even do the math, because it would be... I'd be here for 10 minutes going like, oh, so 91 minus 2020 is, a oh, oh, God. I'd have an aneurysm trying to figure out the math, even though I could just pop up a calculator. I just thought of that now. See, like, that's how dumb I am. We're not not a math or smart people podcast. We talk the hockey. That's it. I could do math. I just, I do it real slow. Like the flashcard things from grade school, I was the worst at that. The worst. I could do multiplications and divisions. Just don't tell me to do it in a split second.
1: Oh, I think you... Were you around for uh, the Mad Minutes? Yeah. You know what the Mad Minute is? Okay. So you used to do these things in school. It was called like a multiplication Mad Minute or whatever. And they'd give you this time sheet or like this sheet of it. There was, let's say, a hundred different times tables, things. And you had to see how quickly you could fill them out. And like there was a timer going and like when the timer would go off, we'd see like who had the most. I'm pretty sure that's where my anxiety stems from that in like second or third grade.
2: Yeah. Bay on third grade. Same thing. I just, we, we were, we get into rows and it'd be like a relay and you'd be up there. Like they would show everyone one, a card. So I, I have both hands up. They would lift up a card and you'd have two rows and whoever guessed it right went to the back or essentially was, a, was out. And then like, you would thin out that line. I would stay there for like three of them until like someone would just yell at the answer and like, they would let me go. This is the worst I hated that so much I could get it just give me time I I hate the idea of like the the, the purpose of this is to get it quick it's not it's to get it right come on um I, between that and
1: just like a timer countdown that I do not do well under pressure that is not what I need no give me time I will figure it out I may not be the quickest but I'll I'll, I'll get there I'm with you on that so uh when we come back we're gonna get into the social segment and what's going on on iOS Twitter Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode
2: number 146.
1: Now in the social segment, Mitch, what do you got for us?
2: So this comes uh, to me by way of, of my buddy Ryan, uh, patron Ryan, who uh, said that he wants to give some love to ice hockey in Harlem. So I don't know if you've seen this, but he uh, he made sure to tweet just about anyone in Isles on Twitter. Uh, so this is so this is the write up that they have for 32 years. Ice hockey in Harlem has helped boys and girls from the Harlem community grow in confidence, leadership, and academic success. This year, ice hockey in Harlem will engage 235 Harlem boys and girls by providing full access to hockey program and enrichment programming. Help our student athletes score in life by donating today. So they're looking for donations. This is a hockey program that has existed for 32 years, helping people in Harlem get acquainted with the game of hockey and give them something to. You know, gain confidence, leadership, academic success. You know what, you know what these programs yeah. do. Uh, so if you want to or you have the means, uh, we will uh, retweet the link um, to this, to the page itself on our uh, Eyes on Isles uh, Twitter account, Facebook account. We'll do it on the Patreon as well. Uh, and if you can, uh, send some money or at the very least, retweet it and make sure that it gets into as many, uh, in front of as many eyeballs as possible.
1: Yeah, I love that. That that's great. Um, it's all about growing the game and getting more people, you know, involved in the game we love,
2: right, Mitch? That's right. And if it can help people, just like you know, get give them something to do in their community, like it says, gain confidence. That's a huge thing for me. That's what sports gave me a ton of confidence as an individual. Uh, Learn leadership. I never learned that because I am an alpha person. Sorry, a beta person at best. Um, and academic success. Well, hockey never helped me with uh, my academics, but it gave me the confidence to at least make friends as an introvert. Oh, man, hockey was great for that.
1: I'm with you. Sports, are it's important. I think it's important for kids to play sports. And, you know, maybe at first you try out a a few different ones and see what you like. But it's so important to learn how to work with people and all different kinds of people coming from different backgrounds and stuff like that and come together as one unit for an ultimate goal, which is, you know, winning or winning your championship. And I, I just think that skill set and mindset
2: and belief system should be instilled in everyone. I 1,000% agree. We'll see if my kids want to play sports. I think my daughter will. I don't know about my son.
1: All right. We will see. We'll see. Um, my first one for you is courtesy of both Max Kellerman and then Bodie Wild. So Max Kellerman essentially said nobody really cares about hockey. It's not one of the four major team sports. He literally uh, said that. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's that a was quote, quote. Yeah. direct quote uh, from his dumb mouth. And there and there's more. There's a 20 second video. Uh, NHL News at Puck underscore Report two tweeted out the video. It has over 140 thousand views on Twitter. If you want to watch it, uh, so he's essentially saying that no one cares about hockey. And Bodie Wild quote tweets it with a gif, and it says the captions Kellerman before the cameras start rolling. And it's Mr. Rogers putting on a clown mask. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it's just perfect. Thank you, Bodie. Thank you, Bodie Wilde. That's exactly what I needed in my day to get a little bit of a laugh in.
2: What a clown. No one cares about hockey. And I think his argument was like, mean not argument, but his thing was like, uh, there are 20,000 hockey fans and all of them are season ticket holders right like it's as in like it's a very insular community which is he's not necessarily wrong on that but it's it's much larger than just a few thousand fans like it, it is a big time sport uh it it's valued in the billions so that's pretty huge it is not the biggest sport but it is a big sport uh, and we need to keep we need to uh remember to keep saying that because the more times max kellerman says it's not the the more this sport drops down in people's opinions so the more people tar- start talking about this sport being higher or more valuable than it actually is in terms of the um, the sports entertainment uh, echo chamber or whatever you want to call it, biosphere. It's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that will help too because it, it, it's all about changing right. narratives. My second one here comes from 100%. our friend Rob Top. We know who he is. Everyone knows who he is. Uh, but he's quoting Barry Trotz when he was talking to um, uh, on Barton Hahn saying, embrace what's being thrown at you. You're getting a chance to play for the Stanley Cup. You only get so many swings. I want the Islanders to experience what the old Islanders did. And for me, what's important here is that second sentence. You're getting a chance to play for the Stanley Cup. And I'm going to add a word here. Damn it. I see a lot of comments like, oh, it's a COVID Cup. Who cares? It's not that it's a 2014 tournament. I don't care. It's a goddamn Stanley Cup. That means something. That mean yes, it's a twenty four team tournament. It's not like what it was before, but in this in this time in this day and age right now, it still matters. Damn it! I hate seeing the reductionist argument. Like, ah, well, it's a it's a COVID cup. It's not the same thing. It is a cup. Is a cup. is a cup. And if there's an asterisk behind beside it, I don't give a hoot. It is worth a lot to me. Um.
1: Yes, and then on top of that, when you realize that some other teams, we won't name names, have won a majority of their Stanley Cups when there was six teams in the league? Six. Mm-hmm. And those still count the same. So if we're going to count the teams who've won when there are six, seven, eight teams in the league, and that counts towards their total Stanley Cup, you know, when... The narratives from the fans. Oh, my team's got eight Stanley Cups. Well, yeah. Well, how many of them were when there were like six teams in the league? When they, and all, then the all teams time- made the playoffs. Yeah, right. Versus this, which is actually going to be harder because more teams are involved. I know it's different. I know it's not what we've expected
2: and what we like necessarily,
1: but it still counts the same. I could not agree with you more, Mitch.
2: Yeah. This this it means a lot, and I I love what Barry Trot said for a number of reasons, but that one specifically. You're getting a chance to play for the goddamn Stanley Cup. That means something. I'm using goddamn a lot. I'm sorry if you're a religious person. I'm cursing in vain, but either way, um, it means something, and we have to remember that.
1: 100%. My last one is from Mark Diver, and he says, as has been speculated, Northwell Health Ice Center will be LIU men's hockey home ice in its inaugural season per source. That's also where the New York Islanders practice, so a little New York uh, hockey news, which is which is good. We're all for college hockey on Long Island. I yeah, that's gonna be really cool. That's
2: gonna be super cool. I'm I'm excited for them to play there. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, absolutely, definitely.
1: You know, it's not too far. Definitely go over and check out a game.
2: Yeah, well, not for it's super far for me, but like for everyone living <laughs> around there, yeah, that's great.
1: Right, exactly. And for those who you know make the are able to make the trip over, I think it'll be you know awesome. So just wanted to share that news as well. Perfect. My last
2: one comes from Mike Milbury. You know him, right? Never heard of him. (laughs) Never heard of him. (laughs) At Real, Mike Milbury says, my five favorite goal scorers not named Gretzky. Okay, good job, Mike. Just just list the five and then have Gretzky in there. All right. Ovechkin, Mario, Solani, Hall, Bossy. Ridiculous release is what he says about Bossy. But this is not why I bring it up. My favorite, and he's got 71 replies to our comments on this. My favorite comment is from at @nylovesddub. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. The dub. I don't. Anyways, my favorite players that you gave away: one, Chara, future <laughs> Hall of Famer; two, Luongo, future Hall of Famer; three, Spezza, borderline Hall of Famer; four, Palfi, prolific goal scorer, borderline Hall of Famer, I would say; five, yeah. Bertuzzi, solid power forward for years. Honorable mentions: Jokinen, Zumal, Berard, McCabe, Osgood. <laughs> You can almost skate a full team with that. Yeah. Yep. You uh, just absolute insanity. That's that's an incredible. Imagine that: Chara, Luongo, Spezza, Palfi, Bertuzzi, all in the same team. Just that. That's your top yeah. line right there. Yeah. I mean, uh.
1: it's so. I know it's so frustrating. It really is.
2: And, and Luongo and Net. Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing. You're missing one player for a full starting lineup. Throw in whatever defenseman you want. Throw in me as the other defenseman. If Chara's on the ice, that's fine. He's so large, he covers up most of it. you got Luongo in the net. You've got Spezza taking face-offs. down the right. Bertuzzi on the left. That's perfect. What do you... <laughs> For what? For what? Like, look at the, some of the trades that were made. One, Yashin. There's one. Mm-hmm. Next, uh, Mark Parrish. Sure, fine. Uh, and then Oleg Kvasha, not so much. And then Pulfy, who we get back for Pulfy. I can't even remember.
1: Uh, it didn't amount to anything.
2: Yeah, there was like, it was a six-player trade, right? Uh, I'm trying to remember.
1: Oh, God. I just wrote something about this recently because... Uh, Here, I got right it. My...
2: Matthew Biron, Josh Green, Ole Jokinen. Jokinen, right? We traded him after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Great. One year, Oli Jokinen.
2: Yeah. So good job. Good job, Mike. <laughs> I just I brought that up not to hate on Mike necessarily yes but also because I thought it was a, a hilarious clapback on Mike maybe not clapback but uh, a hilarious response to Mike
1: yeah basically what some of my favorite things to do on Twitter is to read replies to people uh, another good Mike Milbury is going to be one that's going to be added to rotation Mike Frances is another classic one because you get like hey, Mike, do you think Jason Giambi should run for president or, like, you fell asleep on the air? Ha ha. Which is just <laughs> phenomenal. I'm all for it. But, um, yeah, he he's going to... Millberry's going to be added to the rotation.
2: Good. I just wanted to bring that in because it, it was hilarious. But, yeah, there it is. That's the last one. That's all I've got.
1: Absolutely. So, with that, I am going to round out the show and give a couple of plugs quickly. So, Wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to give a subscribe, rating, review. Really helps us out. We appreciate all the love and support from each and every one of you. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on, Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is at T L O Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. Also, you could subscribe to the Patreon if that's something that interests you. Patreon.com slash eyes on Isles is where you can go. 5 bucks a month gets you a ton of things. It gets you a mailbag show which we're about to record. Multiple podcasts a week breaking down individual topics. That's what we're doing right now because there's no games during the regular season. Instead, you'll get post-game reactions for each and every game. Uh newsletter is now a video, so it's a newscast that you're getting from Mitch couple of live streams a week you're getting almost daily content over there it's uh it's a lot of fun
2: yeah daily content is the big thing it's something almost every day we, we do like two things on tuesday two things on wednesday it's it's nuts
1: absolutely it's it's a lot of fun over there uh so if you're interested definitely check that out and uh you could download the app eyes on Isles app and uh, visit the website eyes on for all your new york islanders needs mitch episode number 146 in the books Back at it again next Wednesday, right? Another week in the queue. Creeping closer to 150, bud. Getting there. It's absolutely crazy. But for now, that'll do it for us. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time.
0: These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.